Well, hello everyone. Welcome to this amazing episode. I am nerding out a little bit because my greatest hero on earth is on the podcast today. Yes, it is Real Talk Kim. If you've been following me for literally even probably a day, you've heard of Real Talk Kim. Kimberly Jones Bothier. She is an author. She's a mother. She's a motivational speaker. She's a pastor. She does it all. Um, I'm asking her about that today because I literally don't understand how the heck she does it all. I'm just trying to be like a, a friend, Mr. Brassi USA, and a business owner right now, and that is enough for me. Um, and so she is absolutely the definition of a powerhouse. You guys, she's got millions upon millions of followers on, this, on her social media accounts, and God has taken her from the pit to the palace. Definition of she has an incredible anointing on her life, and she is just so, for lack of a better term, real. I respect her so much, just as somebody who's an Enneagram eight and who likes to keep it keep it real and talk about you know the realities of the hard things of life, the real things of life. And you guys, single-handedly, Pastor Kim is the woman who got me through 2019 last year and parts of 2018 as well. And so please, please like put your hands together, scream, stand up, wherever you are, unless you're driving, please don't stand up. But just really hone in on this episode today, you guys. You won't want to miss it. You will want to take notes. You will want to listen back to this. Um, I have received your guys' questions. I have 34 written down right here and about 20 more on my Evernote. And so we'll see what we get through today. But we're going to be talking about marriage, divorce, trauma, feeling like you don't have a voice, confidence, boundaries, um, how to build an empire, all these different things that she really can speak to. I want to ask her even about things about like how to write a book and cool things like that. So we'll see what we get through. You guys have so many questions for her today, rightfully so, but here is Pastor Real Talk Kim. Well, hey, everybody. I'm so excited for this episode of the podcast. We have on today one of my personal mentors, my personal heroes. She's Real Talk Kim, Kimberly Jones-Pothier. She's known as Pastor Kim, Real Talk Kim, Mama Kim to so many people, has millions upon millions of followers with reason, and personally has impacted my life more than I could ever put into words. You guys, we are so honored to have her on the podcast today. All of you guys sent in a million questions, and we are so excited. So thank you so much, Real Talk Kim, Pastor Kim, for being on the podcast today. Yes, I'm so honored to be with you. Thank you for having me. Yes, anytime. So first off, for those of you who've been living under a rock and somehow don't know who Pastor Kim is, I'd love for you just to first start off by telling us a little bit of your story, because I know everybody is going to be so just shocked, but also blessed by it. So whatever you want to tell us first. Well, I am Real Talk Kim. Um, Basically, Twitter gave me that about five years ago. Uh, and it stuck with me. God just is so strategic. I just, you know, I started out in a United Pentecostal. I started out in a very strict religion where women couldn't preach. Uh, women, I mean, if you, there, there was not any woman doing anything except having babies and cooking. Wow. And uh, so I was raised in this religion and I just always felt called. I always felt like I remember I used to put my little baby dolls up and preach to them. And I'd say, well, my daddy doesn't believe in preaching. So I guess I'll be a worship leader. And so I was raised in this religion and uh, always the stubborn one, always from a little uh, young kid, very stubborn, go against the grain. And uh, I had married a guy in when I was about 20, 19, 20 years old. And we stayed married for 17 years Mm. and we were both preacher's kids and we had two beautiful sons together. And after 17 years, uh, just addiction took over our family. 
uh, you don't really talk about stuff, you know, in the church world. When you're going through something, you don't really talk about it. You um, deal with it behind closed doors. And um, we ended up fighting this, trying to fight this battle by ourselves. And this addiction took over my family. And I found myself moving back in with my mother and father at 36 years old, divorcing um, him at rehab um, and with my two little boys broken. And that, you know, I hit rock bottom in that season of my life and found out who the rock was at the bottom, which was Jesus. And for the first time at 36, 37, 38 years old, for real hearing, finding out God's voice for myself, not for who my mom and dad said he was Mm -hmm. realizing that, um, the rules that I was raised by that God would send you to hell on a slip and slide. If you go through a divorce, wasn't true. Um, that he has so much grace and so much mercy. And the key in this whole journey of life is growing as you fall, um, falling forward, falling Mm -hmm. into Jesus. And, um, in that season, man, I found God for me. I'll never forget just being up in my mom and dad's house in that 10 by 10 bedroom, the size of my old walk-in closet. And I remember just nights and nights of just crying out to God and never hearing his voice, like going to camps all my life, going to these youth camps and hearing everybody. I heard Jesus's voice. I'm like, I didn't hear him. And in that place that I think it was like 37 or 38 years old, I finally started realizing that God's voice was that still small voice on the inside of you that when nobody else is around, he's there. And mm-hmm. that when you, when the whole world gives up on you is when God really walks in. Come on. And during that season, man, is where I just started becoming bullnosed for Jesus instead of being rebellious to the world and Christian world. And, you know, I just became bullnosed for Jesus. Like, I guess bullnosed for Jesus means I just went on a journey with him. And I was like, God, I feel so alone. 37 years old, 38 years old, 39 years old. I just felt so alone. And like, where was the church world? Where, 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 where's everything that my mom and dad ever taught me? Where, 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 you know, we, we laid in the floor and we, we had the Kojic dance down in church and, and all this fake stuff I saw in the church, you know, this, you know, religious you know, just, uh, I just, all of that just, I was like, no, I don't want that. I want the real thing. And I remember it probably 30 uh, in the, in my late thirties is when I really found God for me, man. And I said, God, when I come out of this thing, I want to remember every ounce of pain, Mm -hmm. every ounce of pain that I felt since I was a little girl running from religion my whole life. I want to remember it. And I want to be there for people like myself. I want to be there for the ones that are down and out. The ones that feel like they've made so many mistakes. I want to be there for the ones that have been married 12 times and couldn't get it together. And finally they're like, all right, already, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to turn to Jesus. Now what? Mm-hmm. I want to be there to be a, a forerunner in the re- revolution, you know, of, of Christ, the, 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 the real revival. And um, that's what I did. And God, God showed out. And that's how I got here, man. I just went hard for Jesus. And at 36, I thought my life was over at 40. I went full-time, full-time ministry mm-hmm. at 42. I wrote my first book Come at 46. On. I did my first podcast. And at 47 today, I realized my life is just beginning. Come so on. yeah, it was life lessons. You know, it was life lessons that got me here. Yeah. Come on. I'm pumped. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I think a lot of things that I have conversations with millennials about nowadays is specifically this 
like, how do I formulate that daily relationship with the Lord? Cause we're falling down. We don't know how to have relationships nowadays. We don't always have the best representations or we have one of the two extremes where it's like, we get married when we're 20 and then we haven't actually figured out who we even are. And we think that that's going to be the fairy tale or that wasn't our fairy tale. And so now we're in our late twenties and we're like, well, should I just compromise or do I need to change as a person? And we have all these areas specifically that we just butt up against and then we get stuck and we quit. So how did you, when you were at the bottom, a turn to Jesus of all things, when maybe you had these notions in your head where you're like, well, religion hasn't worked for me before and find the differentiation in that real relationship with Jesus. And B, what are some of the things that you can encourage people in that help them learn how to fail forward and get a little bit stronger of a background as they're solidifying that identity? Well, you know, the way I did it was I just looked at what wasn't working. Like, I think at some point you got to fall forward because you look back and realize I'm 30, I'm, I'm 36, 37, 38. And and my goal is to get where people don't have to get that old before they start identifying with, mm-hmm. I can't, if I'm going to kill myself, that's the only way I'm going to get out of this thing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So stop looking at how bad my situation is and begin to look at what I still have left. As long as I got a pulse, God's got a plan. Mm-hmm. So I got to initially get up and begin to make a plan in my mind. I got to make, I got to write it down. I got to write down what do I want different in my life? How am I going to get this? You know, if I'm, if I got to go, I remember I had to go get a job. I had to get a job and I got a job in makeup. Oh, I hated it. I I didn't even like people. And here I am going to have to start doing makeup on people. So what I decided was one day I finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired. You're going to eventually get sick and tired of being depressed. You're going to get sick and tired of being sickly all the time. You're going to get sick and tired of hanging around with people that are always so negative and critical. And, you know, I just began to pray, God, anything on the inside of me that's not working, let me get so disgusted with it that mm-hmm. I make a choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really began to pray specifics. Like, let me get to a place where I identify this ain't working and let me move to another, let me figure out something else. So what I did was I just began to, every single day I made a list. Today I'm going to get up. I'm going to read my Bible. I mean, I had a whole plan, like on my phone, like you would to go get a job. This is what I'm going to do. And I held myself accountable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get up. I'm going to spend some time with God today. I'm ADHD with a whole lot of H. So I knew I had to plan these things out if I wanted to get out of where I didn't like being. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in my mom and dad's house forever at mm-hmm. 36, 37, 38. And yeah. so I need to stop quitting. So at some point you got to put a, a like you're working for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to quit quitting. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the, the famous person of, if this is for somebody out there that's quitting, it's like they're, what they do. You know, uh, I'm 50 years old. I'm living with my mother and my father, whoever this is for today. Come on. At some point, nobody's going to get up and move your feet for you. Come nobody's going to get up and make you change your mind. Nobody's going to make you go block them on your phone, Come block on. them on social media. This is something when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you will begin to make some, some accountability for yourself. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. I realized I got one hour going to work. I got one hour coming home. Those two hours, what am I going to do with it? One hour going to work, I'm going to listen to as much preaching and podcasts, people screaming at me, telling me to get my butt up. Whatever I got to do, I'm going to change what I did to get myself here. And I'm going to begin to get some people that drive me nuts, that will yell at me and tell me, (laughs) get your butt up. Because at the end of the day, ain't nobody clocking. You ain't clocking in for nobody but yourself. And until you can get yourself strengthened and you can get yourself, it ain't going to be this way forever. This is a season, not a sentence. 
Mm-hmm. So when you stop dreading where you are, you stop running from it. Come and on. you begin to look at it head on and you begin to say, you know what? I hate where I am right now. So let me do whatever I got to do to get my butt out of this. Yeah. I don't like you. I don't like the situation I'm in. So what am I going to do? I'm going to look at you and I'm going to smile and I'm going to tread myself through this thing. And one day I ain't never going to have to look at you again. That's what you're going to yeah. do. You're yeah. going to make a plan and you're going to start moving your feet and you're going to get yourself out of the situation. But ain't nobody going to do it but you mm-hmm. and God. Nobody's yeah. going to do it. You can go to a therapist forever. You can get a life coach forever. You can get be on medication forever. You can, uh, you can own this thing. You can be a victim in your story forever. But why would you want to when you only get one chance at life? You only get one chance to live this life. And at any moment when you decide to get up is when it will change. Yeah. You could change your whole life with a decision. So start putting in the work in the season that you hate. Yeah. Start putting on some preaching. Start putting on some 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 you. Start putting on some me. Start putting on some podcast stuff. You got free. It's free mm-hmm. at your hands. You can get on all these podcasts that by the time you get off, they have brainwashed you into believing. I ain't staying here. <laughs> I ain't staying here anymore. I need you, Lord. I got this. I got mm-hmm. this. And before you know it, you 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 out of it. Like what happened? You yeah. stop concentrating on what you don't like. And you started focusing on where you're going. Yeah. 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 So I think I it's that. just every day doing something different. Yeah. I ain't gonna and be mad at it no more. I'm not gonna think about you no more. I'm getting up and moving. Yeah. Come on. That's so good. So one of the things along those lines that a lot of people ask me and that I'm also curious of is when you come from that place of kind of like pit to palace and you're on that journey. Now I think a lot of people, they probably ask you this a lot, but you're so bold. And you, like you said, you were like this as a child, but then still like you've walked through hell. Like you've walked through literally everything. You chose to come out on fire. But so many people ask me, ironically, they said, well, how the heck did she curate that boldness? Like, is that just a personality thing? Or how can I start to really kind of put both feet on the ground and start to walk in that? And what is that process like? Because a lot of people want to be that way, despite their personality type. Well, you know, I was not bold like this. I was in special ed. I remember my mother dropping me off in kindergarten and um, the the principal having to come back out and get me out of the car and me dragging. I was so not bold. I was so insecure. Um, I was always trying to be Ann Taylor when God created me to be a Betsy Johnson. You know, I was always getting the, look, I was getting the the long hair. I was getting extensions. I was getting lips done. I mean, I was always trying to be like somebody else. I was wearing these heels. I was always called to Amazon. I wasn't like this. I cultivated this. Like I literally got to a place where I pray. I believe girl in praying specifics. Yeah. I believe in whatever you want, you got to pray for it mm-hmm. and you got to keep praying for it till you see it happening in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and to this day, I still have to do it. But man, when I tell you, God got me so free. He got me so free of what people think about me. He got me so free. Now, every once in a while, it'll, it'll jump on me. Like, I wonder, cause I'm a lot, I'm a whole lot. Like, I'm like, I bet I wear everybody out. Like I need to grow up this year. You know what I'm saying? And, and I start thinking maybe I'm a lot, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm wearing people out. Like even, even when I do interviews, they're like, well, you know, Kim's about to show up. She's a lot. Like I'll go back and watch the TV, you know, reels before I walked in and how they're having a conversation about me and I'm a lot, you know, she's going to come in. It's like, wow. And it don't even bother me. Like mm-hmm. I'm so in my lane and it's yeah. because every day Come on. I realize that people go to the bathroom like you. 
Come on. They get they wake up with bed, a bed head like you, bad breath like you. They walking through hell and you don't even know it. Come on. They probably got the worst marriage on the planet and they over here trying to figure it out while being the pub while they're being in the public eye. Come on. I think I just realized that there's nobody else that can do it like me. Come nobody on. can do my world but me. Nobody can do God's created me to be Kim. Real talk. Kim, not Kim Pothier, not Kim Jones, not, no, not pastor. He created me to be, I have branded this real talk Kim. Mm -hmm. And the reason I've done this is because there's somebody out there that is ready to commit suicide that I'm going to be screaming at, get your butt up. And if I try to fit into no Nicole Cranker, your, or your, or try to be you or try to be, you know, Cheryl Brady or whoever else is out there. That's Paula White. Mm -hmm. they, they got, somebody's looking at them. Somebody needs a real talk, Kim. Mm -hmm. So every time I start feeling a little shaky or I start feeling a little, maybe I need to chill out a little bit. Maybe I need to not say that. Maybe I need to put a little muffle on that. I'm reminded there's somebody out there that ain't never walked in a church before that needs me to be me. And I'll just jerk myself right out of it. So I think this is a, this is a every day of my life. I'm praying, God, don't ever let me be like anybody but me. I pray that literally don't even let me, don't even let me feel the insecurity when I walk in a room of being different, keep me focused. I mean, me and God like this, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? He's the one that ain't never left me. He never forsaken me. He's so proud of me. That's why he keeps opening doors. Yeah. I just realized that if, if I wasn't me, then I would have been in somebody else's lane and it's crowded over there. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just look yeah. at it and I realize what's working. You know, it's working for me. It's working for me sitting in my bed with pillows all around me and my phone propped up on another pillow. <laughs> it's working for me. I don't have to go get me a nice, uh, a nice stage or you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying I just realized that if it's working don't you don't gotta fix it just yeah. keep doing what God's told you to do yeah. so I think it's just a conscious it's a con a thing that I do every day of my life to stay who I am yeah. stay who God created me to be girl when I tell you I got so I, I was the worst at wanting everybody to like me now I'm so free from that yeah I don't even notice if I don't get invited to your party you know what I'm saying I'm yeah. so busy doing what God created me to be that I don't allow myself to get stuck over there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, that really ministers a lot to me just because I resonate with that so much. Like I'm six feet tall. I walk into a room and I'm like, you gonna stare at me. I'm going to wear five inch heels. I got jet black hair, Come you, on. Know? you know, and that's what I love about Nicole Crank too. Yes. Y'all are both so tall and y'all could, I love her. I love her. Yeah. Y'all both are real tall and skinny and she got this little shorter husband, but you, who cares? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, my mom always used to say, if you, if a guy's ever mad at you for wearing heels then he ain't your guy. <laughs> no, he ain't up. your guy. I love it. And I'm the shortest person in my family too. My brother's like six, seven and my sister's six, two. So I'm. How cool is that? Um, yeah. We're Amazon. So I love that. But one of, the, one of the things that I really struggled with a couple of years ago when I was in my toxic relationship was he used to speak over me all the time that my desire for influence and what I was doing with my company and developing women and my bold personality, he'd call it pride. And he'd say that everything about that, what I wanted to do was pride, right? And that's different lens. That's Ugh. not the problem. But how do, how do you navigate finding out what that identity is, right? So when you say, well, just walk in it, step in it, all that kind of stuff, 
people are all different shapes and sizes and have different callings on their life. So how do we hone in on what that identity is so that we can walk in boldness in that? And what are some, I guess, telltale signs for me even um, in terms of being bold, but still being under submission or maybe like serving in the church where you're not the leader, you're not the person out in front who gets to make all those decisions, but you feel like this boldness on the inside of you and you want to walk and do your thing. Talk to me a little bit about that, even if that's just for me, for all of our listeners, but I've always had questions about that. Well, you know, I think that you can be in submission at a church, but I do believe that when God's given you that, um, that spice, like you're just talking about, so what I would call it spice, mm-hmm. is that he's going to put you somewhere where you're on the forefront. Yeah. Like even if it's in your own ministry, like even if it's your own platform, you know, weak people always start telling you pride. They'll call you Jezebel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They'll call you um, any weak person. When anybody is trying to uh, always put you down, I'm going to address that first because when you said it, I get yeah. this a lot. Yeah. Um, is that, they get jealous of you, especially narcissistic personalities. They get jealous of you. They, um, they, they try to break you down. They try to, anytime anybody says anything like that to you that goes against your spirit, they need to be in the balcony. They do not need to be close to you because anybody that's for you is somebody that is, uh, that is helping you towards what God's called you to. You always know, and I always say this, it's almost like that, that quote that says, um, don't do your shine for somebody else just to make someone else feel comfortable. When you're in a circle where you always got to do your shine, if here's number one, if what you're doing is blessed and your fruit, your fruit is blessed, like what you're doing is blessed because eventually if you've got nasty fruit, it's going to dry up. So that's how I look at it. If, if, if what you're doing is being blessed, why, why change it? You yeah. know what I'm saying? If the fruit, it's not, it's, it's people are always like, man, it's a, it's a struggle. The devil's after me. But when God's on it, you don't even feel all that force. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when yeah. people are always saying, I'm just, it just feels like the devil's always up. Well, maybe you're in the wrong lane because when you're in the right lane and there's forces come against you, it's like this. Totally. Okay. So it's not like an, always a battle like that. It's not always like there, there's going to be things coming against you, but when you're in the right lane, it's easy to fight those battles because you're in the right lane. God is not a God of chaos and confusion. Yeah. So if you're always being stumped and you're always wanting to quit, you're probably not in your lane because when you're in the lane that God's created you to be and you're shining like you're shining and there's people coming against you and trying to stop you, they're the ones out of line, not you. So you got to move those people to the balcony, stop fighting those people, stop trying to make those people fit in your life when they don't fit your life anymore. Stop Mm -hmm. trying to still hang around with people that are only connected to the outdated version of you because God will bring people in your life that will celebrate you, not tolerate you. People that will, will uh, carry it with you. People that are picking up the slack with you. It's not always about a struggle. If there's not a struggle, then you're not doing something right. Yeah, but there's going to be struggles, but it ain't going to stop you. You know what I'm saying? It's not even going to be like, it's not going to make you break out in a sweat. It's just not. So I think that for for me, I've just realized that I stopped allowing weak people that were not supposed to be with me. I'm not forcing them to be with me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you go. I love you, but I love you from the balcony. So I think that's what we need to understand is that God is not, it's almost like in the church world, we're always looking for that fight. Oh, if the devil ain't fighting you, you're not doing something right. Well, if the devil's fighting you, yeah, but it ain't even bothering you. 
because mm-hmm. your fruit is producing and it, you, you so busy, you, you just flicking it off of you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the key. I think the key is, did I answer that question? Yeah, totally. So I think that, that, uh, it's, it's basically staying in your lane when the fight comes, it don't even, I'm going to tell you something, man. People talk to me all the time. Cause I, 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 I can go through my daddy having dementia, you know, my daddy going from being my biggest, my biggest cheerleader. My daddy would buy me a car and bring it to my, to my job. And my dad was like my hero. And this year, so many things happened in my life, just stuff that should have put me in the bed. And people are like, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. I'm like, because I'm in my lane. When you are in the lane that God's created you to be in, you will go through things that would, God, you will go through things like you did where he, where, where, where somebody you were supposed to marry breaks up with you. And then within three days, there was somebody else and it hurts. But you've got something in you that gets up and still walks it out like you ain't even going through it. Yeah. And, and I think that's the key. I think the key is when you're in your lane, you just keep it moving. Even when everything's coming at you, you just keep it moving. Yeah. Because when you're in the purpose of God, when you're in the lane that God's created you to be in, he's given you the tenacity to be able to walk through hell and come out on fire. But I think the, the place that we fall so often is we fall in trying to get people that we are, we've outgrown to still be a part of our life when they're not supposed to be a part of our life anymore. And that's what hurts when you understand that rejection was not necessarily someone wanting out of your life, but it's somebody that God needed out of your future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really ain't lonely at the top. You know, I hear that a lot too. It's lonely at the top. It really ain't lonely at the top when you're really walking in what God's created you to walk in. Mm-hmm. In the lane you're in, you feel very fulfilled, even if you're alone. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a word. I receive that. I receive that 100%. And I think it's, it can be really hard when you're operating not in your lane for a while. You learn how to attach yourself and please man, even if you're yeah. really strong because you want to honor and respect them. And some churches will just, you know, slam everything under the word honor, which isn't fair either. And I think that's really difficult because God created humanity to have influence in seven different realms, you know, education and healthcare and some in the church and some in the business world, some in arts, media, entertainment. And that's what I really struggle with feeling called to ministry, but realizing that at least in this season, I'm called to the marketplace and I'm called to, you know, Miss Rask USA and Miss USA. And I've been trying to fit that under the bubble of, well, how does that fit under the bubble of church right now? How does that fit under the bubble of these four walls and whatever four walls those are for somebody? So what is your advice to helping people maybe figure out where that lane is if they want to be bold in their calling and maybe they've tried something and they've quit and they've tried something else and they're exhausted, but they're like, man, I still want to figure out my calling, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah. You know, isn't that crazy how we do that? How we, and I think it's human nature, how we uh, try to fit it into what looks normal. Like we try to fit what God's called us to be, to fit over here, but yet none of us have the same fingerprint. But yet we're over here still trying to fit it into the way that it's always worked. And I just feel like that, you know, in this season that God's raising up some really strong women. And I believe that it's been so hard for us because we don't make as much as men make, you know, in the normal work field. And people always ask me when they're interviewing me, they're like, how does it feel to be that girl 
you know, you're preaching circles around people that have been men that have been doing this for 50 years. And I said, I don't even recognize it. So I think what, what my, my gift that I've given myself is I haven't even looked at your man. I'm a woman. I just walk in a room like I'm supposed to be there. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's, it's because I literally pray. I'm, I know this sounds so silly, but I really pray God, don't let me get sidetracked on trying to fit in this over here, trying to fit here because this is what the church said. No, when I came out of this thing and I'm the first woman in my family to ever preach on a pulpit, yeah. platforms my daddy never preached on uh and, and i was raised women don't preach i didn't even come out of it like i'm about to show you you know i just didn't even have that attitude right. i came at it with god always keep my heart right i always look in the mirror at myself and say god let me keep my heart right don't let me become a uh, women rule the world attitude right. don't let me be no feminist i want to be soft and i want to be uh, uh i, I want to be who you created me to be and i don't want to let the world get in me that's yeah. the key or the church world to get in me. Don't let the church It's constantly praying, constantly doing evaluation on yourself, constantly paying attention to your heart. Is my heart yeah. ugly right now? God, that's the worst for me is when somebody's taking advantage of me and someone's hurting me and someone is turned out to be something I never thought they were going to be. And I'm sitting there's the, the flesh side of me is trying. No, immediately I'm like, no, 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 devil. I see you trying to creep in over here. So I think the key is this, is always take an inventory of your heart yeah. every day, man, this hurts. This is making me want to be in my flesh. This is making me, oh, it's the worst mm -hmm. that the enemy will make you, especially when your heart's right. The enemy will make all these different things come up and, and, and try to make your heart get jaded and try to make your heart get troubled and make your heart get weary. And I think that's the key is I see what you're trying to do. I see the forces coming against me. When, when, when the enemy starts coming in like a flood, I realize something is about to break in the atmosphere and, and, and the enemy's trying to stop me right now. So Kim, get out of your flesh. I will shut down my world. You hear me? Yeah. It ain't nothing for me to shut down my world, go into a cave and, yeah. and, 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 and fast and pray yeah. until my heart feels better yeah come on because i know the enemy is after us women man i know he is i know he's after because we're emotional we have periods you know we we go crazy in our minds why because we can birth a life inside our bodies we can we've got something inside of us that if we ever really tap into the power that we possess as a woman we can literally change the world birth babies be wives uh own own ceos of company we've got the ability this is why the enemy's after us so hard and makes us cray cray and yeah. makes us hurt we can handle businesses and be ceos of companies but we can't uh, we can't uh heal from a man cheating on us or going with another woman i mean he he gets in our emotions because we're nurturers because we're you understand yeah. and he gets us there and he, he'll he'll hold us captive there because a man didn't do what we thought he should do or we put this we want a man to do this or do that and then all of a sudden before we know it we're stuck on silly mm -hmm. because of our emotions and so it's important that every single day if the biggest meeting you have all day long is that meeting you have with god before you start your day God, put your angels around me. God, keep me aware. Lord, keep my heart right. Keep me intentional. Keep my mindset. Don't let anything that is set up to us assign to take me off of kilter today. Lord, let me be aware of it. Keep my discernment aware. Keep my discernment on a hundred. 
Lord, don't allow any nasty fruit or any human being come in and try to sneak in and fill a void of weakness in me. Keep me focused, God. Keep yeah. me focused. It's having that relationship with God, number one, yeah. because we are strong, girl. God created us for more than what we even have on our plates right now. Mm-hmm. And he's just waiting. And as, as, as he can trust us with more, he's opening another door. Because God is that kind of God. God is the kind of God that will blow your whole mind. He will blow your dreams. He will blow your 100-point plan for mm-hmm. your life at 47 years old out the, out the, out the window. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're going, OMG. He, that's the kind of God he is. He is more than enough. And so I think it's when we try to figure it out, like you just said, mm-hmm. try to figure it out try to put your plan. Let me try to figure this plan out. I'm trying to be over here under submission, trying to, you know, I really believe that when, when you're in God's plan, he will allow people to come into your life to be examples for you. Because I don't believe it's always important for us, people like us to be in a little bitty umbrella over here. If everything you're doing is getting resistance, but yet your heart's right. If everything you're doing in life is blowing up on this side, but this side ain't, you need to evaluate that. Why is everything blowing up over here and God's blessing it tremendously, but the place you're trying to fit and it ain't working. Guess what ain't, guess what ain't, guess where you ain't supposed to be. It's really not even that hard when you stop and dissect it. Like all of this stuff that I'm doing over here is blowing up, but the one area that ain't, that's my biggest headache. Yeah. That I need to, I need to figure this thing out. I need to surrender. Maybe I ain't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that relates so well to even relationships, you know, the same exact thing where it's like, well, everything else is working, but this is the thing that's pulling me back and pulling me back. And then I think a lot of times we, we turn to God and we're like, God, why aren't you answering my prayers? God, why aren't you answering my prayers? Why am I not growing? But my mom used to always say, it's like two chairs that are farther than, you know, a distance apart with your arms and you have to let go of this one in order to start touching that one. Whew, that's good. Yeah. And I, I've had to make some really tough decisions in my life. And I know a lot of people have those types of questions about just relationships and calling and all these different things. And, and to be honest, it just, it bothers me, but also that's why I so relate to you. And I'm so thankful for you because who's talking about this in the church world, who is allowing people to be released and say, Hey, I trust God enough that I don't need to control you, but I'm going to allow you to, you know, to see you for what God's created you to be and trust that that's going to come back to, to me and come back to the kingdom or maybe the thing that I'm trying to control you in, in the first place, we need to let people fly. And you got to, that's called maturity too. Mm-hmm. When you can let somebody fly and realize that you're probably not going to be in their life. That's maturity. Yeah. You know, why would we want somebody in our lives? That's not supposed to be, that's what hurts us the most. That's what the enemy really traps us. Mm-hmm. The most is when we're trying to make relationships fit in our lives that, don't fit. That's where the enemy gets a lot of women preachers the biggest in the biggest place mm. is he'll get relationships where that man can't handle her anointing. Yes. Okay. I wanted to ask you about that too. So you obviously, you have lots of pastor friends who are amazing powerhouse women. How do you think, like, what is the proper relationship of what, like, submission looks like in that? And what is, and, and if you want to give your take on women in ministry too, we did have a question about that. 
But in general, I just, cause that's something that I have a great relationship with someone who supports me and is amazing and is like, get down with your bad self, girl, you're awesome. That's also his temperament. He's a helper. He doesn't want to be the person on stage. What is your message to women who may feel called to be in the front or be the person on the stage? And what does that look like in a committed relationship in terms of boundaries and communication and not just trying to, you know, be the best person on top of each other all the time or compete? Well, I just think that it's very important that you uh, pay attention to those red flags while you're dating. Um, and then a lot of times, maybe you're not even there until after you're already married and then God opens those doors. And mm -hmm. then sadly, a lot of times they can't handle that. You know, sometimes you got to just be, you got to be so connected to God that in those seasons that you're, you're keeping your heart right. And you're, you're, you're learning the boundaries, you know, the boundaries of, um, of, you know, when I'm on the road, it's, it's this, but whenever I come home, I'm, I'm here. You've got to be able to be able to pay attention to those areas because I know a lot of, of marriages where um, they, the, the husbands can't handle it, you know, because, that their wives are, are more out there than they are. And then all of a sudden they put this unfair expectation on their wives. It's their wives will have 4,000 people at her conference. And all of a sudden he wants to start a conference at the same time as her. And then she's over here feeling stressed because she loves him. And so she's trying to fit, you know, his desires in and try to push his conference to that's just so unfair. And that's why you have to pay attention to all those red flags you know, while you're, while you're dating somebody, you got to realize this is the call of God, because I mean, you can look and relationships can really be a downfall. They really can. They can really, that's, I believe that's where the enemy gets a lot of people in ministry, especially women in ministry is wrong relationships. Yep. And then you're over here trying to do what God's called you to do. And you're having fruitful, fruitful life over here. And then this over here is terrible. It sucks. And you got to go home every night and it sucks. Mm -hmm. And I just think that you have to be able to be so connected to God that you got you. That's why you got to have mentors in your life. You got to have somebody that can talk to you. I believe in therapy, you know, uh, go talk to somebody, you know, uh, but also be strong enough to, to, you know, do what life's telling you to do, you know, go with your, go with what, what you're feeling on the inside of you. But I, I definitely think, man, if you are dating somebody and, and they aren't like your boyfriend right now, mm -hmm. you know, that says girl, go fly or like Joyce Myers husband. Like I just look at Joyce Myers husband and I got like the greatest respect ever for that man because he just loves to golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh my gosh. I was listening and to him today. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just, Dave just loves to golf. Dave's like, girl, you go be your bad self. But unfortunately, that's not the way it is most of the time. Yeah. You know, most of the time it is uh, men have a hard time with it. So yeah. I think that you just got to take it one day at a time. If you're, if your woman's listening to this today and she's walking through that, you know, you're going to have to figure it out. And you're going to have to go, go to God and you have to pray a lot and you're going to have to, but I definitely think that, you know, whenever, here's the, here's the key. God just dropped this in my spirit. Yes. I think that when, when, when you are walking in your gift and, um, and both of y'all are in the position that you're supposed to be in, it's easy because they don't put this pressure on you and they don't, it, there's not a hard thing because God's not a God of chaos and confusion. So I think that if you're in a right relationship, they know their lane, you know, your lane and y'all are just like you and your boyfriend are. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not, he doesn't want to be out front. He doesn't want to be the, that's perfect. Yep. That's very hard to do. Like Dave and Nicole Crank, they got their own lanes. He celebrates her. 
he, he, she likes to travel. He don't. So every time somebody asks him to come preach, he says, won't you have Nicole? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I think it's, that's the perfect, that's the perfect relationship. Yeah. Is, and I think that if you're in a relationship where it's not like that, you need to begin to fast and pray. Yeah. If you're finding some resistance while you're in ministry and it's not like that, y'all yeah. need to go, y'all need to figure this thing out because there ain't nothing worse in the world than wishing, wanting to be on the road 24 seven because y'all hate each other at home. Yeah. 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 So what would you say? So obviously like you've walked through a divorce, you've walked through some crazy things in your life. What is your message to Christian women who maybe feel called to something? And maybe it's not the stage, but it's just, you know, a happy life walking in their calling and their husband's not on the same page. Maybe he even is a Christian, you know, going to church, doing the thing, serving in church. It all looks good, but maybe it's the husband who's unwilling, or maybe it's the wife who's unwilling to grow and change. Maybe you've tried therapy. Um, what is your message to people who really want to figure this thing out and they kind of feel like they're at the end of their rope? God, that is so hard. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's life. It really is. This is, this is life where I hear this all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens when I'm growing and he's not, what happens when I'm growing and she's not, what happens whenever I married her and she knew that I was called to ministry and now every single day of my life, she's fighting against it. You know, that's, I do believe that's where the enemy gets us is he gets us in most of the time it's relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, Oh, I'm going to, you're a, you're a whole problem for the, for the, for hell. But yet this part that you've got to spend the most time with is yeah. going to be the one that I'm going to jack you up with. Yeah. And I think that this is where, man, we just have to, I know with me personally, you know, it's, it's where you got to stop. You got to begin to fast. You got to begin to pray and yeah. you got to begin to ask for some solid answers because a therapist can't give you your answer. Your pastor can't give you your answer. At the end yeah. of the day, it is going to be a, a decision that you and your, you and God are going to have to make together. Yeah. And it's going to be scary and it's going to be iffy and it's going to be like, God, I'm going to just do this. And I pray you're behind it. And yeah. you got to begin to pray for God to give you peace like crazy. God, yeah. just give me peace. Lord, just let me hear your voice so strong. And even if you don't hear your voice, hear his voice clearly, because it is a huge decision that you're going to have to make. you got to begin to make those decisions and say, God, I'm listening to you so clear right now. You make sure you give me the right direction. Yeah. And you just got to start moving and, and just wait for let, God's going to either he's going to handle it. He's going to help you make the decision or uh, he's going to put the brakes on you. But I think that the whole key is not getting in your flesh, not trying to do things on your own. And at the end of the day, nobody can make, your make a decision for you, but you and God. And you know what? God will help you. Yeah. God will expose some things that will help you have your way out. Yeah. God will, God will uh, put the light. When you are walking in God, God's got your back in such a way that he will begin to help you. If you say, God, here's where I'm at. God is a gentleman though. He ain't mm -hmm. never going to do nothing unless you let him do it. Yeah. So you got to be at a place where you're like, God, whatever you want to do, I'm surrendering. Yeah. And so I think at the end of the day, that's the key, sis. God, you got to talk to me. No therapist can give me the answer. Mm -hmm. No preacher can give me the answer. Nobody's got to live with the decision I'm making. Yeah. Or I don't want to be out of your will. Wow. But at the end of the day, that's it. At the end of the day, it is being totally sold out to God that, it's at the end of the day, it's your decision with God. Yeah. So, so man, whenever you just got to go with it. Yeah. I have like two more questions. Um, 
One, that's so good. One of the questions that a lot of people asked about, I'd just love for you to speak about singleness because obviously at 36, 38-ish years old, you had to walk back into a season of solitude where you really found who you were in the Lord on a real level and received the call of God on your life in a new level. Um, so many people have questions about what do I do? Um, there was a question about if we're, this is so funny. They said, if we're a perfect personality match, is that good enough to get in a relationship with them? Or can I teach them about God once we get married? So love you. Say that again. So they said, if we're a perfect personality match, but don't necessarily have the same values in terms of Christianity, or they're not as far along as I am, is it still okay to date them? I would say nada. <laughs> right. Thank you. That's I, would say, <laughs> I would say no, because dog man if i listen the reason i'm real talk kim is because i learn from my mistakes yeah you ain't never being unequally yoked when it comes to i mean when you're getting in a relationship you got to look at everything mm -hmm. you got to look at the way they handle each season in life you got to look at their fruit mm -hmm. how come the enemy is the time the devil loves for us to fall head over heels in love without ever allowing ourselves to evaluate the circumstances. If you yeah. get in a relationship with somebody that don't know Jesus like you, you're going to be so mad at yourself. Those six abs, those, that gorgeous hair and gorgeous boobs, that ain't going to matter. You understand? That being in the heat of the moment is 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Having to live with somebody is every day, 24 yep. hours a day. Mm -hmm. All that stuff you fall in love with, you're going to wish to God you would have allowed yourself to get out of your lust spirit mm -hmm. and you would have been more involved in your mind because listen, if y'all can't pray together, if y'all can't, this is why you got to be so careful too, because the enemy will send the devil could quote scriptures. You know what I'm saying? You got to watch these people, man. You got to go, go research them. Man, I believe in researching. I yep. believe in doing background checks. Yep. Yep. Stuff I didn't never do. Now I would do it background yep. checks checking out their their relationships they've been in five relationships they've been married three times and none of it was their fault you better be paying attention to all this yeah because you're gonna have to live with their with that with who they are yep. once you get married so no i do not think you should date anybody that is that ain't where you are spiritually they don't believe in what you're believing in. if they ain't got no goals they ain't got no goals seriously and you got you're driven you are a boss you are a hustler but they ain't got no goals. They at home playing Nintendo while you out bossing up. You, oh, it's cute now. But the minute y'all get married, you gonna, you gonna wish you wouldn't have allowed yourself to fall in love with that six abs. Seriously. Seriously. My you better pay attention to the picture. Yeah. Don't just look at what you can see because people can put on a whole show for you. Yeah. You better do a background check. Yeah. You better watch their prayer life. Is the first thing they do when y'all are going through something is say, let's pray together. Yep. Or have you ever even heard them pray? Because mm -hmm. people can sit down and get on their knees during church every service, put their hands up to the sky. Look like they got Jesus all in them, but what are they doing behind closed doors? Yeah. Totally. What does our past say about them? Yeah. Girl, listen. I know. I'm so passionate about that too. I'm just, but what's so cool is we've walked through things like that where we have the authority to speak about it, where I'm just like, no, I've been there and I promise you, you could try it, but you don't want to because then you're going to have to pick yourself up off the floor, scrape it a little bit and get back. Gah! Up. 
See, this is an all. This is all the more reason to be bold. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm so loud and bold. Mm -hmm. And dude, I've had to walk through it for you. And I will tell you, I'm gonna be obnoxious. Are you gonna believe me? Cause yeah. I'm gonna be so loud. I'm trying to save your life. Yeah. So you ain't gotta walk it out. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I just that's this is so encouraging. I mean, I think it's unfortunately so difficult to find other bold women in life that I can relate to like that who are just willing to you know just be crazy and say you know what I'm not gonna apologize because I'm right with the Lord and I think almost everything that you've said today too that just ministered to me so much is relates back to okay well how how are you with the heart of the father like how where's your prayer time how intentional are you about bringing everything even if you're driving in the car and just saying okay Lord how's my heart right now you know and I think sometimes or oftentimes in church where we get where even Christians get so discouraged is because we're teaching all these other things that it's great. If you can quote scripture, it's great. If you know the Bible, you should know the Bible. But at the end of the day, if you don't know how to foster that relationship with the Lord and bring everything into submission in terms of the minute by minute daily things, when you can feel like your ship is getting off course, you know, that's why we mess up. That's why we get two years into a relationship and then you're having to break off an engagement because you finally wake up, which thank God you did. But I mean, that even happened to me, you know, and, and a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, well, that happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, it can happen to anybody because if you are not taught to properly and have the right mentors in your life that aren't just accountability to breathe down your throat, but also, you know, love you and are saying, hey, because I love you, stop it right now. You know, that's, that's why we get off. And that's just my heart for people is I don't want them to have to make the same mistakes that we did. And, you know, because life is supposed to be worth living. And yeah. I think so many Christians are just surviving because they think that that's God's best for them. And they're doing these things that are counterintuitive to their calling and their identity. And then they're spinning themselves in circles. And it takes 15 more years because nobody just looked them in the face and said, no, or quit Come trying on. to fix this box or quit trying to be this person. And so and don't you think they always, don't you think you always have red flags? Absolutely. I think you we always just ignore them. Your spirit. I think you absolutely always know because the Holy Spirit is a good, you know, God's a good father. A hundred percent. I knew within three weeks that I should have broken up with him three weeks yeah. and I stayed a year, you know, and praise be to God. We all do it, but we need more women. And I hope all of you guys who are listening, go follow Real Talk Kim, go follow all these women that we've talked about because and men too, because we need this truth. The truth's what sets you free and God's. Yeah. Because with us women, I think that there's just no, you know, I, I, I get blown away every day when, when I hear people just saying, you know, you don't even understand, but I have followed you because of your boldness mm. as a woman. And so I just think that that's given us all permission yeah. just to be bold and who God created us to be because we're all needing each other. Yeah. And yeah, I agree, girl. Like just, just go for it. Just jump. Just yeah. keep going. Yeah. Amen. Keep going. Even if you feel like you're beating against the wind, you ain't beating against the wind. Yeah. A lot of times it is spiritual warfare. Just keep going. Yeah. And I really believe too, like your whole vibe attracts your tribe thing. When you start to align yourself with God, um, you know, there's an amazing quote that says, when the mentee's ready, the mentor shows up. And that's what I believe was you coming into my life. That's what I believe has been the last year and a half of my life. But I had to get my heart right in order to even know, oh, I should probably follow this person. Oh, that resonates yeah. with me. I have to get my heart into a place where I'm even receptive to that. I remember I was cleaning my room one day 
and it was a snow day and we had to cancel church. And that's when I listened to that podcast that set me free because I was, I heard that I was like the Holy spirit, what do you want me to listen to? Cause I always listen to something while I'm cleaning. And he was like, Terry Salfoy. And I hadn't listened to her in like two years. And I was like, okay. And turned it on. And sure enough that, that set me free. So for you guys listening, just don't be afraid to humble yourself and, and yes. do one thing. It doesn't have to be reading your Bible, but just do what God tells you to do. And the right people will show up in your life. So, and just realize you're not staying here. Yeah. You're uncomfortable right now, but you're not going to stay here. So yeah. do what God tells you to do. Terry Seville Foy, you know, that dropped in your spirit. And that's immediately you went and did it. So I think it's that. I think it's doing it even when you don't think you need it. Yeah. Pushing yourself to do it. Yeah. Getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And you'll show yourself who you are in that season too. So. Yeah. Powerful. So, um, any final words for people listening? Um, somebody had asked what's your greatest piece of advice in general for people. I'm like, that's a huge question. Um, but anything that you'd like to, to say, and also just tell us what's coming up for you. I know you have a new book coming out, which is amazing. So feel free to, to let everybody know. What's you know, up. I think the one thing that I would tell everyone is to understand that life is not going to always be peaches. You're going to go through life where you're going to feel resistance. You're going to be hit. I think expectations uh, is the one area that the enemy keeps you bound in. It's because you've got this whole dream board mm. of things that you want to do and things you want to be doing at this age. Or, uh, and then all of a sudden you're seeing all of these expectations that you had on your dream board, none of it happening. Wow. And your expectation is going down the tube so fast. And you're like, oh my God, there are, I'm, I'm watching this girl online and she's my age and she's doing everything that I ever wanted to do. And it's always staying aware of what you're feeling on the inside. Don't let yourself get defeated. Don't let yourself beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. uh, when you fall, get back up again. Failure isn't failure unless you stay down. Yeah. Um, realize that God knew before you were ever even a thought in your mother's womb that you were going to be here. He knew that you were going to be going through a divorce again. He knew that that person was going to cheat on you. He knew that you were going to have to uh, hold yourself together for your children. He's given you all the grace that you need in this moment. And so it's realizing that if you're still down from two years ago when that relationship ended and you still can't get up, and you're now you're on all this medication and you can't get up. It's time to get up. Yeah. It's time to realize that God has given you the grace to get through what you're going through. And you're not staying here. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You're yeah. not pitiful. You're powerful. Yeah. And God is going to take those scars and turn them into amazing scars. The minute you get up, yeah. dust yourself off and realize anybody that's walked out of your life was never supposed to be in your life in the first place. And it's time for you to look in that mirror, grab your identity back, grab your, your self-esteem back, start, put, fix your hair, put your makeup on. Even if you're at home looking for a job, get out of your flannels, get into some, take back your life. Yeah. Come on. Take the expectation. It ain't over until God says it's over. Get up. Take your life back. Today is a good day to start. Yeah. Today is a great day to start. You are going to be the game shifter, the game changer, the nation shifter of your family. Everything that's on your little list that's gone down the tubes was yeah. nothing compared to what God's going to do in your life. So today's a great day. Get up. Dust yourself off. 
believe in yourself. It don't matter if you're the worst mama on the planet. I remember, listen, I remember when I walked through my divorce, the hardest, the hardest season of my life. I remember laying in my bed one night and it was when, when that poem was going around all over social media and it was 25 things about me. And we were telling everybody like, I like bananas and mayonnaise sandwiches, just stuff that nobody, it didn't really matter, but we were learning about each other. And I did that point and I could not even tell you what my favorite color was. Mm. I couldn't even tell you what my favorite food was because all my life I had been trying to be like everybody else. Yep. And here I am finding myself not even knowing because people that I thought should have loved me didn't love me. And I lost myself trying to get those people to love me mm. and laying in that bed that day is when everything shifted for me. I said, God, I want to get to a place where I know at least 25 great things about me and never let me lose it again. Mm-hmm. And I remember the next week it was Mother's Day and my son Lincoln walked in and handed me a poem and it wasn't even 25 things about me. It was 35 things that I love about you. And I was the worst mom in that season because I was depressed. I was laying in my bed. My kids, I, they were grieving the divorce too, but I was so broken. I couldn't even be there for them. I was beat myself up because I wasn't there for them. I was beat myself up because they weren't, they weren't going to have a daddy and a mom in their house. I was all these things just beat myself up over these things that I couldn't control. And that day, within one hour, God shifted it because I was ready. So that's what I'm telling all of you out there today. You got to be ready. You got to be available. And you got to get up and help God help you. Yeah. That day, I realized 35 great things about me and I never lost myself ever again. And you know what God's done for me? He's not just allowed my boys to watch their mama come back, but they don't even remember that mama that laid in her bed depressed. All they see now is a mama that can kick butt and take names for Jesus. They see a mama. They see a mama that pulls people out of hell every day. Millions of little thumbnails. A mama that used to hate people. Now I love little bitty thumbnails Mm. all over the world. And when I say I love them, they're like, we know you do. Only God can do that. But only God did that the minute I was available. So today, get up. Love yourself. Love who God created you to be. Your kids are going to be able to watch you love people back to life. They're going to be proud of you too. They're going to watch you. Special ed. Now you got four books and all these great places, outlets. You walk in Barnes and Noble. There you are on that rack. That's what God's going to do for you the minute you believe in yourself. Yeah. So come on. Yeah, girl. I got another book coming out April the 7th called Shut Hell Up. That's everything we talked about today. Learning to talk to yourself. Learning to pull your big girl panties up, your fruit of the looms up. Get up. Stop trying to fit into places you don't belong. Stop yeah. trying to make yourself fit in a size six shoe when you're a size 10. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to make people love you that ain't never going to love you. Stop explaining yourself to people that ain't never going to understand you. Let no be a complete sentence. Stop saying people are sucking the life out of you when you're giving them the straw. Get up. Take your life back find your peace and do what God's called you to do one day at a time. Amen. Amen. Woo! Well, everybody, um, you guys can reach out or you guys can find her at realtalkkim.com and on all social media at realtalkkim. Like she said, she has a book coming out, Shut Hell Up, April the 7th. Um, I can't wait to get it. I can't wait to read it. All of her other books are absolutely incredible. They're also available on Audible. And so thank you so much. Real Man, Talk. I'm super proud of you, girl. I wish I had it together at your age like you. Thank you. That means the world to me. <laughs> you a whole boss chick. How old are you? 26. Look, what? You know what I could have done if I'd have got my act together at 26? <laughs> You're going to be owning the world. You're going to be the president. 
Thank you, Jesus. Your mom and daddy did real good with y'all. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I love you, sweet girl. Love you. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of season two of the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm Coach Megan. As always, you can follow me at Megan underscore Swanson. You can DM us to join our email list. You can follow us at Powerhouse Pageantry or at the Powerhouse Project. And I'm so excited to get to continue to pour into your life spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, and relationally. Wow, that's a mouthful. In this beautiful year of 2020, never forget your worth, stand up for what you believe in, and allow your spirit to stand up on the inside of you to show you who you really are. Have a great day.